With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to talk sports. Time for the show. When you hear this song on the radio, it's time to tune in. Better act fast. Let me get that part Sports Talk Radio, starting now. And we are live. Welcome back, everybody, to episode three of Let Me Get That Potograph. Man, we just keep trucking along. Feels like we've been doing this forever now. I'm here once again today with my co-host, Stu. What's up, everybody? Hope your week's going great. All right. Well, uh, as I said, welcome in, everybody. It's a beautiful day some great college football going on right now but uh yeah it is my Wolfpack's currently beating fsu we'll see how that goes my fellow state fans know to never count a victory a sure thing but uh, i feel good about this one it, it looks good and i'm not even gonna discuss east carolina football this year anymore because <laughs> that after what i've seen and um, let's just move on so anyway um pretty Pretty big news. Once again, it seems every time we record this podcast, uh, someone decides to get traded. And uh, <laughs> we had Philip Dorsett a couple of weeks ago, and now we've got Carmelo Anthony. Yes, the saga is finally over. I have been so sick of hearing about this for so long now. And finally, it's over as Carmelo Anthony has been traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yep, uh, Oklahoma sends Dougie McBucket, Ennis Canner, and a 2018 second-round pick for Carmelo Anthony, who, though he's older, man, this seems like a small haul for a bona fide superstar and turns Oklahoma City into a legitimate threat with a legitimate big three. Uh, my question is, is there enough ball to go around in Oklahoma City? Well, first of all, a small haul, a second-round pick for Carmelo Anthony. That's absolutely absurd. Cantor McDermott and a second rounder the Thunder the Thunder stole Carmelo Anthony and this absolutely makes them a contender um I you always have to adjust your offense when Carmelo plays he's a different type of player so what it's going to come down to is is Russell Westbrook willing to be that guy that's gonna alter the offense and change what he needs to do to make this work and uh I personally think um, he's going to do good there. I thought all along that this is one place that he could succeed. Um, but, I mean, we're going to see right now if Russ can handle having that spotlight taken away because Carmelo may be getting older, but um, you better believe he's commanding that spotlight. Absolutely. With an isolation player like Carmelo Anthony, 
Russell Westbrook cannot be the one-man show that he was last year. Um, I mean, first player since Oscar Robertson to average a triple-double. He simply can't do that again. Um, he's not going to have the scoring um, numbers, if you will, that he had last year with both Paul George and Carmelo being in Oklahoma City. It's no longer going to be the Russell Westbrook show. My concern is over his ego. He's had that issue in the past, but we'll see how it how that translates in, throughout the season. Yeah, and the one thing I will say about Carmelo, when you've put him around lots of superstars before a la the Olympics, you've seen the results. He may be the greatest Olympic basketball player that we've ever had. And when you do put him around a lot of stars, he seems to he seems to find a niche and really seems to shine in those situations. So, I mean, it's... It's way too early to tell and no, but um, yes, as it broke just right before we recorded once again, Mello is out of New York, and I think everyone in New York is thrilled about that, and I think most of us are thrilled that we can finally stop hearing about where he's going to get traded to. Yep, and Phil Jackson can finally dry his tears. <laughs> All right, and uh, so let's move on now to the uh, Major League Baseball playoff race. It is heating up. We're in the last month of the season before we get to what I consider the season, you know, October. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, real baseball can start. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. Yep. That's fine, though. Yeah, but um, so some interesting stuff and uh, got some great wild card races going. And perhaps the biggest surprise is that the Yankees are – kind of making a push and trying to cement themselves as that top wild card team yeah i mean go figure the yankees who really play as aaron judge plays um this season uh seem to be poised to make an october run and man if judge produces through october the way that he's producing now our card collectors can can breathe a sigh of relief um, and, and hold on to their judges a little while longer. In fact, collectors, I would suggest you do that because, let's be honest, the Yankees are the Yankees, the most October success of any franchise in Major League Baseball history. And if their superstar shows himself to be a superstar come October, those prices are going to go back up. So if you bought high on him, don't fret yet. He's starting to figure it out, which is a promising sign for anyone who bought him. Absolutely. He's got eight eight home runs in his last 16 games and the the thing about the Yankees and especially Aaron Judge is if the Yankees make the postseason and they win and they keep winning they don't have to win the World Series just mm. the longer they go Judge can have a an average series he doesn't even have to be the superstar the Yankee fandom the Yankee support the Yankee market out there will continue to eat it up because he's contributing in any way to that team that's making that playoff run and honestly as of right now I mean I'm pretty sure everyone can agree he's got that AL rookie of the year sewn up but he has a legitimate shot if he keeps up the numbers he has right now of at least being in strong consideration for the AL MVP race I don't like giving it to rookies I think there's a lot of viable contenders this year in the AL but if he continues to have this resurgence he's got to be in the running for MVP absolutely and you know you made a really good point so far as his card value in that the Yankees 
market will keep him afloat. But the cool thing about October that I really like about this time of year in baseball is that small market teams start to get some attention. I mean, look at the NL with Arizona and Colorado. You've got Paul Goldschmidt and um, Arenado over in Colorado, the shortstop, that are really starting to get some publicity now, finally, when they've had solid years. And honestly, for Goldschmidt, he's been good for now three or four. Um really starting to get attention thrown their way not only in the sports world at large but in the collecting world no absolutely i mean goldie and arenado are two of the best in the game it's just they're saddled in those small markets and like you said this is the beauty of october this is when those small market teams get put on prime time this is when the rest of the country and everyone starts to see how great these guys are if if either of these two guys were on the Yankees, the Dodgers, anybody comparable, even even a team like the Indians, if they were on a team bigger than that, their cards would be through the roof. Right. And I think you're going to see now is both of these teams, if they if either of these teams get into the playoffs, first they're very dangerous. Mm. And so they could be making one of those long runs. But the nice thing about it for the hobby is is they finally do get some love because they're some great players and one thing that frustrates me about the hobby is how it's become about the ultimate superstar or nothing. Mm, the, yep. the guys that are great players that are going to have Hall of Fame careers that put up wonderful numbers, they they barely get any hobby love, really. I mean, and, and that comes from the card manufacturers all the way down to the collectors, just all around not getting that love. And so this is one of... I always like these times of year when these guys that are superstars and the top of their position at the game finally get that hobby love that they do deserve absolutely i couldn't agree more and as a as a small market team guy myself go braves um you you do feel that some as a fan on one side it's nice to be honest because i can get my my team's guy really cheap right but it's also nice as as a fan of those small market teams, uh, those Arizona and Colorado fans, to finally see their team get some notoriety and be able to talk about their team at work without getting laughed out of the office. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I'm a Marlins fan, and so it doesn't matter where you talk, you're getting laughed out of the office. <laughs> um, but at least Lori is gone, and we've got uh, Jeter. I mean, I maybe he maybe he can pull some magic out of his hat as much as he did in his playing career. Who knows? But uh, maybe I'll finally have a reason to cheer for the Marlins again, and maybe 15 people will show up to the game. This podcast is sponsored by Black Mitten Brakes. If you're looking for a new breaker or just looking to get into braking to begin with please check out black mitten brakes they've got a very low price point uh, a lot of their brakes are oriented toward pc collectors you're getting the teams you want and the cards you want and the sets that you're building and everything ships at black mitten brakes even the base so you're going to be getting something no matter what and facebook group is black mitten brakes and their instagram is at bm underscore brakes black mitten brakes for all your braking needs all right, everybody, welcome back. Drew and Stu here to talk to you about a rather intriguing aspect of making these cards, and those are the rights 
to the images and logos and team names that you see on those cards. They're called rights agreements, and more and more, sports cards companies have been signing exclusive deals with the governing bodies and playing associations of those sports. So MLB, NFL, the NHL, and the players' associations are entering into exclusive agreements with companies like Topps and Panini to um, produce the cards and use the team names and the likenesses, the intellectual property that goes on the cards. Exactly. And the biggest downfall I can see of this is that you know, certain mainstays in in the hobby now are no more. I myself am a Topps Chrome Super Collector. That's my main goal is a Carolina Panthers Topps Chrome set. Well, uh, Panini in 2016 got the exclusive to the NFL. So now Topps cannot produce Topps Chrome. So there will be no more Topps Chrome football. And I know I'm not alone when I say... That's just, it's just awful. <laughs> and so there's lots of drawbacks to these exclusives. It is. I mean, it certainly thinned out the the products we have to select from, and these exclusive deals really borderline eliminate competition in certain sports. So um, let's look at the NFL since you've already mentioned that. First off, um, I mean, Panini has the exclusive rights to NFL teams, and um, and with the NFL Players Association as well and so they're really the only people that can produce nfl trading cards absolutely um which has led to the demise of some beloved beloved sets i mean the tops base set like you said tops chrome which is a flagship line um even some of the high-end products like museum have gone by the wayside uh, because of some of these exclusive agreements exactly and i mean it's the agreement with Panini was for them to put out 30 to 38 products for football alone. That's quite a bit of product. And I don't know, it's just, it's all Panini. You know, there's no other option for collectors, and it should be about variety in the collecting world. And these exclusive agreements, when they do lock them down like this, it really can cause a problem you know and it it, is, it does border on a monopoly as well i mean there's tops completely stopped making football and according to depending on what rep you hear they don't plan on ever getting back into it and if you look at the old tops chrome rookies go look at a big uh, ben roethlisberger tops chrome base rookie card go look at an aaron Rodgers base mm-hmm. tops chrome rookie card graded hundreds of dollars i mean these were cards that were legendary cards and just legendary sets that are no more because of these exclusive agreements where you know panini basically just shuts tops and all these other companies out of the market absolutely and and the intriguing thing to me is the different way that these licenses go go about happening so in the nfl you have panini that is absolutely exclusive. I mean, Tops has gone gone out. According to who you talk to, it sounds like Tops may have wanted out of the NFL. Um, there's some speculation there. Um, but if you look at baseball, who arguably has the largest client base and definitely the longest standing tradition of trading cards, Tops has an exclusive MLB license, got it in 2010, and is extended through 2020 to be exclusive to the MLB. However, Panini went around and got an an agreement with the MLB Players Association and with the Hall of Fame. 
So they have access to things and can create a product that Topps can't. Even though Topps has this exclusive deal and Panini kind of doesn't create their own brands with the major league teams on them, they can still list the cities and the players' likenesses due to their own agreements. And they can create tons of Hall of Fame products that are really pushing their their baseball brand and um panini has done something in fact that's really incredible with their brand they absolutely have and what panini's been able to do with that limited license is absolutely incredible i mean optic this year was one of in my opinion the best baseball products it was absolutely Mm -hmm. beautiful on card autographs of aaron judge and yes i know there's lots of people that don't like the no logos or anything but how many times have you looked at a baseball card, an action shot, and what do you really see? The logos and stuff aren't there that much on the jerseys anyway, unless you're taking a straightforward, straight-ahead shot of a player. So, I mean, you're really not missing out on much. And no, it's not licensed by the MLB, but it's licensed by the Players Association. It's licensed by the players that are signing the cards. I mean, so it it is interesting, like you said, how the how the agreements vary so much and that they aren't as cut and dry uh, from sport to sport. Right, and and I'd like to point out a couple more things before we move on to some other sports, and that's where it gets really, really fun. Um, Panini has done two things that I think should make people stand up and take notice. One, they've modeled their cards after a more vintage feel because of not having the logos as blatantly... Um, displayed on their cards or not at all they've opted to list the team's city's name so Boston Detroit Atlanta that's how people identified those teams in like the 40s and 50s exactly and so baseball being the most nostalgic sport we have in America it's hearkening back to that and I think that's a really really smart marketing move by Panini the other thing they did is they have their exclusive NFL license. They've actually used their NFL licensing to push their brand identity into baseball. So you have baseball cards that are in high demand. I think of Immaculate. I think of National Treasures. I think of even Black Gold. They use the NFL um, product to really establish those brands as high-end brands within their company and now they're projecting that onto baseball and using their immaculate line to do a lot of their hall of famers which is assigning value to in my opinion the players that value really should be assigned to. exactly now these exclusives and everything can be great for the market and they can also have some very very negative drawbacks and basketball is a perfect example of that <laughs> Um, In 2009-2010, Panini got the license from the NBA. Length of the deal wasn't announced, anything like that. So fast forward to this last year and the rookie class coming in. Everyone knows the most hyped rookie around, Ben Simmons. The the next coming, the next big thing. He's going to be the next guy that SportsCenter will be talking about for 50, 50 times a week. Is he the next michael jordan you know he's that next player well upper deck swooped in at the last minute and said you know hey we've got michael ben why don't you come along and join us and so ben simmons signs an autograph deal with upper deck so panini has the exclusives to the cards so they're the only ones that can put ben simmons in his professional jersey upper deck is the only person that has the rights to his autograph (laughs) panini controls college so you can't put him in his college jersey either 
So all it boils down to is all you can get is Ben Simmons in a generic jersey or just a studio photograph autograph. That's all you get for a rookie card of who could be one of the greatest players of our generation. Exactly, and Upper Deck does memorabilia, which is really cool. And, I mean, let's face it, they have MJ and they have LeBron. If you're looking for those guys, I mean, why would you not as Ben Simmons want to do what the big dogs did? Um, Which is a cool marketing technique for Upper Deck, but, man, collectors are left out in the cold because um, Upper Deck only put two... Uh, cards out that even had his autograph on them. Yeah, and and they're both in generic jerseys. And in fact, I think one he's in a suit. Exactly. I, I, don't get me wrong. I mean, dude looks fly in the suit, but that's not a <laughs> card that I want. Exactly. In my collection. And it and one thing it really did was the whole basketball market last year, the rookie class last year. It did have some guys that are going to go on to be some great players. But let's be honest, it was a down year for mm-hmm. rookies. Had Ben Simmons had autographs in those products, last year it would have had the similar effect of Aaron Judge this year, the Aaron Judge chase. Even with him being injured in basketball, you know, an injury means absolutely nothing for a rookie card value. That potential is there, and the the market is going to go up. Imagine having the autos. I mean, what, what him being left to only upper deck did to the whole officially licensed NBA trading card market last year was incredible. The amount of money that was left off the table and the amount of incredibly gorgeous cards that we could have had all gone because of these deals. Well, and the cards that were produced that simply never got pulled because no one's chasing Ben Simmons to happen along a Malcolm Brogdon one of one. I mean, a card that, let's be real, Malcolm's got some potential. He could be great. What if there's a, um, I don't know, a Kyrie Irving one-on-one uh, Jumpman auto in the packs that weren't pulled and weren't open because Ben Simmons wasn't in it, so those breaks never happen. I mean, the ripple effect of a deal like this where a player and a company are on different pages um, is really, I mean, it can be catastrophic for their market. It absolutely can. And so, I mean, that that's the biggest problem that I see from it and that I've seen actually happen. And perhaps the biggest downfall of these exclusive agreements is that it forced a lot of the third-party um, companies to go under. Mm-hmm. A lot of them just closed up shop, left, and just got out of cards or went on to making, you know, some random garbage pale kids part two <laughs> they visit canada type of deal i don't know <laughs> they visit <laughs> but, um, canada that's yeah. amazing and uh, well you know <laughs> they, they gotta go somewhere the one company that hasn't had any negative effect from these exclusive agreements is leaf now they were founded in 2010 so they are a relatively new company but despite not having a single license with a major major league They've thrived. Every single year, their products look nicer. They sell better. The sec- the market is getting so much bigger for these cards. And I was lucky enough to speak with owner Brian Gray about um, the exclusive rights and why his company felt it wasn't necessary to jump into that fray. And here's what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, I, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, at the end of the day, these leagues obviously can do whatever they want to do as far as licensing. 
But collectors have an appetite for variety, for choices, and what we found in our portfolio is that the model we have that does not require league licensing, you know, and a, li- and, a, and, a, and a model that focuses on us doing deals with players individually versus with the players' associations, those mob, that model allows us to make our products much more value-driven. Because if you think about it, when, when, a, when a manufacturer takes 20 or 25% of their sales as a royalty, I mean, really, that's twenty a $100 bond. That's $25 right off the top that comes out. Right. Well, we put more value into our product than 75% instantly. So it gives us, we're in a huge, strong position just because you know, we spend that money on content. And so what happens is the customer wants variety in the face of less choices. You know, we're a nice alternative. We keep it nice and small, so we're keeping it collector Truly collectible driven. It's not, you know, make mats and quantities and close things out. And, you know, we found that this model of playing small balls is making very limited production with desirable creative items and, you know, and really an eye for being value driven. You know, that drives people to our products despite when it's a, a marketplace that has shrinking numbers of options. And it definitely seems to be working for you guys. Listen, do, we, do I wish it was like the old days when seven companies had licenses? Probably so. I mean, I think that there's enough creativity and there's enough market now that, you know, if we had a license, I'm sure we could do some really cool things. But those, op- I mean, honestly, those opportunities aren't even shopped around. It's not like Major League Baseball calls up and says, hey, Lee, do you want to make an offer for a license? That's not even an option. You know, it's, a, it's an old boy network and, you know, we're not part of that network. But, you know, that's okay. I mean, I like where I am better than some other bigger companies where they are. When they're focused on one sport and they're stuck, you know. Right. I think that's. A, I think I'm in a much, much better position with a diversified portfolio of uh, of our product, with our product line. Wow, what kind of insight was that from? I mean, the owner and CEO of a company that's operating without league licenses. Um, that's just absolutely incredible. I love the player first approach, and here's what I love about Leafs cards. And and I may just, this may just be my collecting preferences, but I think a lot of people share this preference. A lot of Leafs cards are one on card; they're autos, um, are, are on card, and two, they have a lot of personalized inscriptions yes. on their card. Uh, one of my favorite cards that I have that I'll never get rid of. It's Luke Keekley. He is in his college uniform. I'd prefer him in his pro uniform, but hey, it's still Luke Keekley. It's an auto on card, and underneath it, it simply says "Go Panthers." But but how neat a thing to have on a card that that is for a Panthers collector, this for a Panthers fan, and I've not seen another one like it unless it was signed in person. Right, and you know, speaking with Brian for a while, um, he really is in this to make something unique for the collector. Speaking with him, you could hear it in his voice and how much he truly. This was all about the collector. Everything he does is to try and create something cooler, something different, something new, something to where the the collectors are getting the best value, the most variety. And, you know, they work really hard at that. And I think it's it's very impressive that through all of this having zero licenses with any major organizations, now they do have player licenses, which... They've got some pretty great ones like NHL rising superstar Jack Eichel. But um, without having any major sports actual licenses, they've been able to grow and Mm -hmm. put out 
absolutely incredible products. I mean, Leaf has some beautiful products this year. Leaf Q alone is just, I mean, if you haven't seen the cards in person, buy one of the cheap ones just to look at it. They're flawless. Absolutely. I mean, they're using essentially the same paper stock as Flawless and National Treasures, which are selling for five, six, seven, eight times as much. Um, in a in like a per box kind of kind of a scenario, they're using the same paper stock as those. The autos are clear; they're mostly on card, and even their their one off cards, like their acetate clear cards, they almost don't feel like acetate. They feel almost like glass because they're yeah. so thick and so heavy duty. They're not; they don't feel like cheap plastic. And that is what I think is going to really make Leaf a player to come, even without these exclusive deals. I mean, Tops and Panini and upper deck with hockey unarguably have a a foothold in the, in that exclusive deals market. However, if Leaf keeps on producing quality cards, the cards themselves and the designs, like uh, Brian was was talking to you about the the creativity that's allowed to go into them. I mean, the sky's the limit as these as these cards just become more and more collectible and feel more and more high end. Hey guys, Drew here from Let Me Get That Potograph. If you like what you hear and you're interested in sponsoring an episode, please reach out to us at lemmegetthatpotograph at gmail.com. We're always looking for new ones and uh, hope to hear from you soon. And we're back, guys, and once again, it's time for our segment, Letter Rip, where we talk about all the new products coming out in sports. Well, not all of them. Today we're going to talk about two of them in particular. Uh, the first, 2017 Topps Triple Threads Baseball. Triple Threads has always been one of my favorites, and as we were mentioning earlier about Topps not being in football, this was always one of the sets that I loved during football season, so yet another one that I'm sad won't be coming out. Yep, but same here. For baseball this year, absolutely incredible. Um, the design flawless as always um incredible incredible autograph checklist uh the relic books um the deca relic books which bring 10 swatches for one player and they also have autograph deca relic combo books which are one relic for 10 different players and you know they have the standard one-on-one parallels um triple threads just absolutely gorgeous and as always you're chasing those white whale printing plate parallels um triple threads it's got a great price point uh it's beautiful product and when you're gonna get when you're gonna get an entire box a master hobby box is gonna give you one autographed triple relic numbered to 99 or less one autographed rookie or autographed jumbo relic to 99 or less one triple relic and one jumbo relic, both numbered to 36 or less. And over in the football world, we are highlighting Panini XR. It's a brand new um, brand for Panini to release. Um, and the base, even the base, looks absolutely gorgeous. Listen, they have on card autos, uh, they've got relics in here as well, all the parallels you could want. There's also a new design uh, which incorporates kind of a shadow box called Luminous Endorsements. And they are gorgeous. Um, they're amazing, number to 99 or less. You have dual autograph swatches and triple autograph swatches, all numbered to 20 or less. Uh, you do have your NFL shields that a lot of people are going to be chasing. Um, you're looking at seven cards per pack, two packs per box, 
and even 15 boxes in a case if you're going to go that route. Um, in a hobby box, you're looking at getting two autographs, uh, one guaranteed rookie autograph jersey. So those who love RPAs, this is your product. One additional autograph. You get one rookie jumbo relic or triple swatch relic, four parallel, four base, so not a lot of base for you to have to go through and sort. Two rookie cards, and then you get an insert as well. All of that in one box for 92 bucks as a brand new product. Listen, this is already factory sold out. So if you can get it at that $92 price point, go ahead and buy up now. You will not be disappointed. Oh, sorry, just taking a look right here. Still kind of in shock. Uh, on the way down to record today, I stopped at good old Wally World and saw a blaster of 2017 Donruss football and figured, hey, why not waste $20? So we uh, bought it, and lo and behold, a Leonard Fournette rookie phenom one-of-one one NFL Shield relic pops out. Absolutely gorgeous card. It is, man. I'm so you have this retail hand that is ridiculous. <laughs> I do. It uh it's crazy what I've seen come out of some retail. But anyways, uh that this is gonna wrap up episode three. I wanted to give a personal shout out real quick to somebody who's quickly become a really good friend of mine, and that's Eric Norton. Uh and you might know him. Him and his partner Paul run Fat Packs. It's the podcast on Beckett Radio. Absolutely incredible guys. Um, they've done a lot to just help us out, guide me in the right direction, give us some advice in the world. As they're nominated for a People's Choice Award at one of the bigger award shows, so you know they know a little more than they than we do at this moment. <laughs> we're hoping <laughs> we're hoping to get there one day, but they've been great guys in helping us uh, along and giving us some advice. And so definitely go check out the Fat Packs podcast. Um, it's absolutely incredible, and it's over at uh, Beckett.com slash radio. But that's going to do it for episode three of Let Me Get That Potograph. I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, today's episode and all the others. And um, stay tuned for more. Stu, uh, once again, thanks for hanging out with me. And thanks for having me, Drew. Oh, it's my pleasure as always. And uh, you guys out there, keep on ripping those packs, and hopefully you pull some monsters. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>